Say it in your heart in front of God. Yes. Mm. But if you start to recite it, it starts to become a performance, like a poetry reading, and then, oh, that was really nice. It was so nice. You know, and it's not this. It's something so much more powerful than that. It has to be read in silence. You don't want to have book evenings when people are reading out prayers in front of other people, and so it just becomes something like a performance. It's like you read this thing, and you just sort of you have to be alone. It strips you completely, even take away you. So you are even not even alone or together, you're completely empty. It should speak so deeply inside your heart. You know? mm. And uh, because the mind is just waiting, you know, to make it into something, to make it into some noise and to make it into some wow, into some poetry, some art. And it's not that. Yeah, it's the most beautiful uh, contemplation. It's actually the prayers are really a help to guide people to teach them to pray. It's also to teach them to pray. Sometimes people make very elaborate prayers and you know and and say you cannot impress God, you know. Even if you don't say anything, if you're true it is heard inside your being itself. To guide them. You know, sometimes some people came to Jesus and they said, "You know, Master, Lord, teach us how to pray." And He says, "When you pray, you say like this: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, that we may forgive those who harm us or injure us." And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. He was teaching them, pray like this. Don't say elaborate things. Don't demonstrate. But come to God like this. And uh, you don't have to be impressive. You don't have to put on clean clothes. You could be on the loo. If it's where you feel you're touched in this moment, then you can speak. God doesn't mind. You can just say, you know, yes, please, you know, I'm, I just feel so helpless, and I just don't know if I have it in me to surrender. I don't think I'm good enough to surrender. I'm too weak. So please surrender for me. Help me to do this. I don't know how to do anything. I just don't know how to do anything. How could you make someone as worthless as me? See, this is beautiful. I don't know, but you talk to God like that. 
just like you you're sitting there suppose you know someone you love so much and you can just say you you're never afraid to say something or that you could say something that could offend them you know it's not just not possible you cannot say anything that can offend them you can imagine to be with someone that you know you couldn't say anything you could say oh stupid things you could tell them all your dirty dirty secrets and they just they just love you that's okay I said it's okay don't worry about it yeah, but don't you want, don't you reject me? I mean, like you know, I I, t- I have really nasty thoughts, and sometimes I even I don't believe in you. I I feel even hatred. Uh, yeah, it's natural. Don't worry about this. It's just your mind behave like this. It's okay. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine if you had this freedom to meet with God, and then you feel such an amazing feeling, like there's nothing you could say to God that could get God to be upset with you. Like that, and so when you know you cannot do anything to do that, then all those feelings just leave you. Mm-hmm. Nothing to be offended, nothing to judge, nothing to forgive, nothing to heal. Nothing has ever been remembered of anything wrong you have ever think you did. Like that. And then I tell you that you don't have to imagine it because it is like that. People worry and say, "Oh, yeah, but you know, man, you don't really know what kind of thoughts I have in my mind." I said, "You, they're only terrible because you think they're yours, and that you, there's a you who think them, and they're there to help you to, to just to, to know that this, to embrace, let everything in the mind play, to know that in this world of duality, God can play everything, everything, everything." Don't think all oh, these things are more God and these things are more. No, say everything is God. Mm. Say everything is God. The nasty thing is the swearing. Everything, everything somehow comes out of that, and yet it's untouched by it. If you can have this attitude, I think that you're really beginning to understand and to feel God inside your being. If you're hearing, oh God is, uh, you know, yeah, you know, God is, God is never going to forgive you for this. This is somebody else's ideas. This is not from God. There's nothing like that. These are the things you have to forget about them. God doesn't have this. God doesn't have to remember things. Is that? Not imagine anything. It's just so. It's like if you imagine the most perfect self you can be, you only imagine that because God gives you the chance and the space to 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 discover these things. I don't think people they get the chance to really um, realize what love really is. You know, when you say that uh, God is love and love is God, they have no idea what it is. It's something that's just so far away from the mind of punishment and you and me and this and that and heaven and hell and right and wrong and you know life and death and uh, it's just like you know I don't know um, I don't know. 
there's a time when all of these things uh, they're just nothing. Yes, and it's like nothing at all. It's nothing. And when you realize that, you automatically know, and you are in, inside God, and God is inside you. When you know this thing, then you laugh, laugh. You know, you laugh, 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 <laughs> or you cry, 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 <laughs> and you you even watch it happening, and you 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 just you you don't know. You just you don't you don't know what to do. See, because when I laugh or cry, it doesn't matter. It's just it's such a freedom. The whole world's got it wrong, you know. <laughs> you think you did something wrong, you know. You, know. you have to spend so much thing to, and all of this somehow is in in the mind of God creates all these potential, makes all these colors in these pictures. You see, but somehow there's a place for them. There's a place for them because you have to know that you are consciousness and. You have to learn how to work with these numbers, the numbers of language and so on, you have to know a bit. But just like you at one time you you never you never knew about words so much, you just have to learn the alphabet. You just learn the alphabet. And then after you learn the alphabet, you can use all kinds of words. And you all you forget the alphabet, actually. Use all kinds of words, you talk and you forget the alphabet. But without the alphabet, you cannot. <laughs> you know, everything becomes just so automatic. <laughs> the the power of God, the love of God, is so great. It it is what allows you to be nothing. And that's the greatest love. That you don't have to be somebody. You don't have to prove anything. But it is a it is a great maturity to come to a place like that. Well, we have uh, some idea of who we are as a person. We're going to struggle and struggle, and the struggle is part of life because the consciousness has to wake up to the fact that it's not that; that it's just an, it's suffering from ideas. You know. But I don't know how it happens that you somehow uh, come to meet God somehow, if you want to call it like that, and it just completely nullifies everything. It's like. Finish. So wonderful. <laughs> you finish. You don't go to finishing school. You're just finished. And uh, and if you're not finished, there's a great, great amount of joy in finishing. <laughs> you know that is. This is how it's been for me. You still have to be somehow with your mind. Sometimes it comes and it plays, because the vital force is there, and it will create shapes. And sometimes, for a moment, you forget something, and then. But the anchor of that intelligence is so deep inside that always somehow something picks it up, gets picked up again, and it washes everything clean. The slate is wiped clean. Your book is empty. That's the best book. The empty book. And if you want to give it a title, you can call it I. The book of I. If you want to. 
but even this title you don't have to give it. Another great freedom is realizing that things don't have to be perfect. You know, the way your mind would like, you know, oh yeah, now everything is fine. Everything. No, things are whatever they are. That's not what makes them fine. What makes them fine is that you are nothing. That's what makes everything fine. <laughs> you see? Not that things are fine and this one is so beautiful and so polished. No, it's whatever it is. It's just that you are nothing. You're nothing is the most greatest freedom. Because then things don't have to be something when you are nothing. <laughs> what kind of religion is this? <laughs> the the most challenge you can say in satsang is the the discourses that happen because something inside is so persistent at believing it is something. Mm. And then you have to just debate a little bit. How can you be this thing? You know? You know, this thing is only a thing. It comes and it goes. If it if you are this thing, when it goes you'd be gone. Mm-hmm. But you witness it. Who are you the one who stays even without staying, without the effort to stay? Can you introduce? These things help you to discover your nothingness. I think only the one who has met God has the confidence and the joy to be nothing. Otherwise, you have to try and be something. God gives you the freedom to be We talk about God while we have this we still have this beautiful taste of duality and the feeling of I creates the feeling of God. But there's even further than that to go. When you are nothing, when I is nothing, then you don't have to even bring the duality of you and God. It's just unspeakable. Is present, then we speak of I and God. But when the intellect is also seen, you are the unspeakable. There is no you and there is no God in that way, in any way that the mind can fathom. There is not even any mind. There is nothing. Nothing is, nothing is there too. But only few beings will hear this. In the heart, they might hear it inside the head, but to hear it inside the heart, very few. Mm-hmm. 
The place where nothing lives, nothing dies, nothing, nothing. But the mind cannot comprehend because that is just not attractive at all. Mm-hmm. Mind needs some money to be in the world. It needs to have something to bargain with, something to get. But the one who cannot get and cannot lose, nobody knows this one. But everybody came from him. Time and distance has nothing to do with what I am speaking. It's there before time, or before distance, before yesterdays and tomorrow, before histories, before yous and me's and heavens and angels and demons. They just start when the movie started. It's like you go and watch a movie, and you're inside the movie, watching the movie, responding to the movie. But there's another movie where you, the one watching the movie, is also in the movie. You're also a movie. And at the same time, you're also the audience to that movie also. You understand? If you identify as this, then you feel like going to watch a movie, and you are inside there watching this movie. And you're saying, oh, it's just a movie, man. Don't take it so seriously. But you inside the cinema watching a movie is also part of a greater movie. But who watches this movie? It's also you. But this one we are really aware of. Of ourselves, we are the last to be aware. You cannot be. You cannot not be aware, but you're not aware that you are aware. When you're aware that you're aware, you're free. You see. Then still the movie can be there. It can be enjoyed also. It can be enjoyed also. It can be experienced also. Who is experiencing it? It's God is experiencing it. God is experiencing it. You know in the form he wants to call himself for the time being. It's like that. But who is enjoying God? Like the God of the mind or the God of the imagination. Where did this God come from? want to sing a bhajan, you don't always want to pray, you don't always have to meditate. There is something that doesn't have to do any of these things.
except if it feels like it wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Because it cannot be other than what it is. It is. It cannot be less than what it is. It cannot be more than what it is. You see? I am that. I am this one too. This is where one and one equals one. There must always be some distance between you and the phenomenon that we perceive. When you are more aware of yourself than you are aware of the world, then somehow you have crossed over. When you are more aware of your, your, your personal self and the world, rather than your awareness self, then still you need to cross over. The vibration of the self should always be. When you feel I, there's a vibration there. It's like you are insulated from the from the impact of uh, the worldly functioning. You are vaccinated against the effect of the uh, delusions. Something just just is not touched. Touched yet not touched. Affected yet not affected. <laughs> More empty than empty. So